my precious bride. That prophetic word and the prophecy that came out truly set the stage for the, the word of God that you're going to eat today. Please go to John 14. And we're going to start with verse 7. And this part, I just, the subject is on gifts of the Spirit. Manifestations of the Spirit. But I'm, I want this to literally come to you as a consistent flow of what the Lord had Pastor Tim deposit into us and impart to us last week about faithful and being faithful in faithfulness. Amen? Everyone, there's still, it's interesting to me that the example of Lazarus being raised from the dead, and we'll come over here in a second. But in John chapter 11, Lazarus is raised from the dead. We see a mighty miracle of God. Amen? Would you agree? He was dead four days and in the tomb. And I've heard so many different spins on, you know, why didn't Jesus come right away? And, you know, Lord, the, Martha and Mary, they said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother wouldn't have died. Well, the truth of the matter is, if you do the, the math, if he left immediately, he would have been dead two days. If he left immediately when he got the message, he would have already been dead two days by the time he got there. Are you, you, you all with me? So he says to his disciples, they're ready to go. They, they hear the news, well, Lord, are you going? He said, Shh. he said, are there not 12 hours in the day? In other words, the whole point of what he was saying was, he said, our friend Lazarus sleeps. Right? Right? Are there not 12 hours in the day? What he's saying in that statement is, you guys need to watch how I am being led by the Holy Spirit. Because he, the spirit of truth, guides me in every step of the way. Amen? He didn't respond to the immediate urgency. And there's a lesson in that. Sometimes we are, we need to prioritize important things that are important to God and important to us. They need to be pri priorities. Amen? Like Carol, uh, Carol mentioned recently, Pastor Tim said, we need to major on majors and minor on minors. A lot of times in life, we end up majoring on minors and minoring on major things. Amen? So we need to prioritize things. When this, we have to understand, Jesus loved Lazarus. He loved him. He loved Mary and Martha. They were like fam, you know? And this message comes, Lazarus, your friend is sick. So that ain't a headache when somebody travels so many miles, two days travel to come and give you a, a message. Hey, let, you know, he was sick unto death. Amen? So that message comes to the king of kings, lord of lords, the I am, the Prince of Peace, the one who spoke to the storm said, peace.
peace, be still, and <laughs> glory to God. <laughs> I could picture the guys in the boat <laughs> freaked out. I mean, they were freaked out with the storm, but now they're more freaked out about who's in the boat with them. <laughs> what kind of man is this? Speaks to storms and they cease. <laughs> I don't know if I want the storm or Jesus. <laughs> yeah, huge waves. They're taking water. Amen? Amen? Well, my point here is this. Jesus shows up on the scene. We see the different things. And I'm not preaching John chapter 11, but he, when he finally... Obeys the voice of the Father. Lazarus, come forth. And the next thing, this man that was totally mummified, so to speak, is at the face of the the doorway, the entrance of the tomb. He's raised from the dead. Amen? Say raised from the dead. But there's a problem. He ain't mobile yet. Loosen. Take the grave clothes off. Say, take the grave clothes off so he can move. A lot of Christians get saved, born again, even filled with the Holy Ghost, but there's still some grave clothes on them. And the grave clothes keep you and I from being more mobile in our faith. So grave clothes could be religious traditions, Train up a child in the way he should go. When he's old, he won't depart from it. Amen? So it was interesting recently. Uh, do you mind? I'll just share. Dennis, on Monday night prayer, we, there was a, a neat time of fellowship. But the Holy Spirit seemed to have us begin to interact and share some of the supernatural occurrences we've had in our Christianity. Pulled over on the Wednesday and picked up on it. But Dennis was saying, because of his upbringing, when he had given his life to Christ, there was still like a seven-year reconciliation period where he had to try to reconcile everything he had learned growing up in Roman Catholicism with what the Bible said. There was a process, say process. But those things, and I, I can relate because we had the sacraments and Catholicism put great veneration and reverence on it. That affected my mindsets for life. Amen? Even when I was a heathen dog, I still would have fought you as a, an Irish Catholic. I deserve to be excommunicated from the church, but I still would have fought you about Catholicism. Boom! Glory to God. Catholics got the front rows, the wasps are in the back. That's what we were taught. It was drilled into us. Train up a child. Hallelujah. My rows are in, above, in front of the wasps. White Anglo-Saxon Protestants. We were taught that if you stepped into a Protestant church, you'd go to hell. That's one way to get you out of there. <laughs> Amen. Say back in the day. That's what we were drilled with. Train up a child the way he should go, and when he's old, he won't depart from it. Uh, I ain't going to no Protestant church. <laughs> 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 Mm-mm. 
Now, don't think that that doesn't mess with the box. Now, you get to a place where, of course, that can't be true. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is beginning to deal with us. So in order for you and I to fulfill the will of the Father, say right now. Everybody say right now. In my life, in my ministry, as an ambassador of the Lord, in society, first to my family, and to my neighbors, and all those wherever my foot trods. How is it that somebody like Todd White is having such great success in his ministry and as a Christian? He doesn't even want a title. I saw it. He got saved, born again. Read Mark 16. And Mark 16 became a, a, a solid foundation for his faith to be activated. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. After he rebukes them for their unbelief. To his disciples. Amen. Jesus said, these signs will follow those who believe. Listen, I relate to Todd White in that regard. I relate to him. When I read Mark 16, went through the gospel of Mark, and I got to chapter 16, I was freaked out as a baby Christian. These signs will follow those who believe in my name. First thing he says, they will cast out devils. Now, everything I had seen in Hollywood up to that point, there ain't no devils I want to deal with. I mean, some of them creatures were you. You know. I don't want to. Mm-mm. <laughs> I don't know if I really want to be one of those who believe casting out devils. I saw the exorcist, and it was the exorcist that was very motivating to get me saved. It had a very impression, a great impression in my spirit. I'll say this. It was that movie, and I'm not propo- you know, saying, hey, go watch it. You know what I'm saying? At that time in the season of my life, with all the prayers that were going up for my soul to be saved... I went and saw it, bless God, because we were entertaining spiritual things that weren't on the Christian side. And we went to see it. When I saw that thing, I was absolutely freaked out. I had more faith at that time that the devil was real than God was. I fell asleep at night with my eyes open. From that movie on, I'm telling you what. I heard sounds and all everything that was in the movie, the weird stuff, it began to occur, and at least in my hearing. I'll tell you what, I was scared. Scared straight. But In that period of time, my cousin had been sharing the good news of Jesus. He never quit. 
two weeks after. <laughs> I'm telling you. I put my faith and trust in Jesus. I accepted him. And when I accepted him, I, I, I just use this terminology. When I got saved, I got saved. There was a radical conversion in my life. Not per my spirit was made alive and perfected. But my soul and everything else, I mean, there were some files, and I've said it before, God's power comes into your life. There are files that are deleted, sin files, sin patterns. <laughs> I don't even have a desire for that. God deletes the file. Hallelujah. Doesn't mean you can't pick it back up again or try to search and find it. My helper. I have the Holy Ghost helper. I have a wife as a helper, a helpmate. Amen. So the whole point of back, she said, so you all know, back to Dennis. The point was this that in our life and our Christian experience here at Good News, we see we're at Good News now. So why does God, why has God selected Good News? Because He's good. We didn't need good news to have an identity. We just need to be obedient to the plan of God and the purpose of God. So what he gives here and he feeds us, we're the farmers. We got to eat the first fruit. We're challenged by what he gives us. We're inspired by what he gives us. Amen? But it's to help you become a greater success in, what, in your Christian experience. That's part of what our job is, is to help equip you and inspire you to be a greater Christian than you already are. Greater means more public, more empowered, amen? More confident, yes. A greater boldness, amen? These signs will follow those who believe, but let's go here. John 14, I need to get there. Verse 7. Now, he has been with these guys, his disciples, for some time now. Three years. If you had known me, you would have known my father also. Who's your father? Who's your father? If we're walking in the footsteps of Jesus, we should be able to make the same exclamation or proclamation. If you had known me, you would have known my father. <laughs> Glory to God. You know, there's a word used in the Psalms where David would put in there in his songs, say la, an interlude, a pause for meditation. If you had known me, you would have known my father also. 
the Bible says that Jesus was the very expressed image of the Father. You want to know the Father? Know him. You want to know the Father? Know the Word. He is the Word made flesh. And we beheld His glory, glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. What happens when you read the Word? You're filled with more grace and more truth. When we read the Word, we're absolutely by default, whether we're comprehending it at the moment or not, we're being injected <laughs> in, I'm looking for the right word, infused with grace and truth. It's kind of like this. It's like we should have a problem getting you out of the Word. If we really understood and comprehended as individuals and saints of God how valuable and what a treasure His Word is, it should be hard to get you out of His Word. <laughs> Come on, we have a job to do, but I'm in His Word. Well, now it's time to be the Word. <laughs> Amen? <laughs> Let's go on in that verse. From now on, and from now on, you know him and have seen him. <laughs> Glory to God. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and it's sufficient for us. You have to understand here. Look at, look at, the, look at the activity here. The, they're... they're traveling with him. They're walking with him. They're living with him for three years. The Son of God, the Lamb of God, the Word made flesh. They're walking, living, breathing, eating with him, laughing with him. Lord, show us the Father. Show us. We've seen I can see the sincerity of it, sincere, but from the realm of reasoning. This isn't a, a spiritual desire. I mean, it certainly has spiritual benefits and spiritual motivation with it, but there's a reasoning. He's reasoning this. Sometimes those grave clothes that only are removed from us by the washing of regeneration, Titus 3, 5. The Word washes us. It washes off all that nonsense. It cleanses the body from the embalming fluid so that we can be a better vessel. The washing of the water of the Word. Jesus said in verse 9, Have I been with you so long, and yet you have not known me? not know me, Philip? Now, I want you to look at that for a minute. If you speak 
Anybody in here? Paul said, I would that you all prophesy. What does that mean? I would that you would all believe and be a vessel, a willing vessel for the Holy Spirit to inspire with the heart of the Father to be his mouthpiece. That's a supernatural operation. Do you agree? I would that you all prophesy. Hallelujah. Because the church is edified when you do. Hallelujah. I love my body. And I love to use every cell to be a blessing. But even there, grave clothes keep us from stepping out in faith to operate in a simple gift of prophecy. He didn't say, I would that you all be prophets. I would that you would all prophesy. Be so connected with the Holy Spirit's guidance. You have confidence and clarity. No matter how profound the prophecy could be or how simple. Sometimes the most simple prophecy. I love you, my children. Under the unction of the Holy Ghost, it's like, wow, how many people that are really... Feel that in their spirit. They comprehend. It's spoken by the inspiration of the Holy Ghost. And then other people stepping out and they could say, yes, my children, I love you. And you don't sense any unction on it. They're sincere, but they're stepping out. They're getting out of the boat. Amen. I mean, it's not offensive. It's biblical. But there's a difference when there's an unction for the function with the gumption. That's all I got. Ain't bad. I don't mind hearing, I love you from the Father. Say from the Father. From the Father. So when you prophesy, whose heart are you bringing forth? Jesus said, I only speak what I hear the Father say. You. Whether you're male or female in this place today, you are the revelation of the Father God to your family and the people around you. With that comes responsibility, maturing. I am an ambassador of the Most High God. You need to get in front of your mirrors in the morning and say, you are an ambassador to the Most High God. Hallelujah. I feel like Ken Copeland. I love it when he gets in the turbo boost. You, know, you are a man of God. Hallelujah. You need to speak to yourself sometimes that way. Snap out of it. Get the grave clothes off you. You're children of the Most High God. Saints of the glorious King of Kings and Lord of the Lords. We walk around with like our shoulders rounded. I know I'm saved and I speak in tongues. Hallelujah, I'm a Pentecostal. Paul said, 
Paul said, or James said, some of you say you have faith. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I got faith. Mm-hmm. Another one says, I have works. Uh-huh. Many will come to me that to say, Lord, Lord, didn't I do this? Didn't I do that? Uh-oh. In your name. Depart from me, you worker of iniquity. I never knew you. I don't want to be in that category. And I wanted this one to have a place of arrogance to say, I have faith to move mountains. And confess. Praise God. Build, build yourself up. Paul said, I'll show you what I believe by what I do. So, look at this. Have I been with you so long, and yet you have not known me, Philip? Who's speaking there? But who's inspiring? Who's speaking through Jesus? You all see it. You need to see that. It's the Father speaking through the Son when he said this. And Jesus says, he who has seen me has seen the Father. So how can you say, show us the Father? See, by default, a lot of times those grave clothes of religion and tradition, wrong thinking, toxic thinking, fear, Perfect love casts out fear. Well, where's perfect love found? Where's perfect love found? Answer me. God, Abashike. In the name of Jesus, answer. From the Lord. Perfect love is the Lord. Amen? It's in Christ, who is the exact representation of the Father. Everybody in this room should be able, with confidence, look anybody in the eyes and say, if you've seen me, you've seen Jesus. And if you've seen Jesus, you've seen the Father. Boy, that ice is pretty thin there. That ice is pretty thin there. I need that ice to get a little thicker before I step out on that ice. Good question to ask right now and ask yourself is, why can't I say that or make that statement? If we're walking in his footsteps, why can't you or I say, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father? And it's absolutely true in the measure I have allowed him to change me. Paul said, follow me. As I follow Christ. So anything Paul exemplified through word and deed was in alignment with the Lord Jesus Christ's walk and lifestyle and the Father. So you and I, we hold back on saying something that was so profound as that and so risk. Taking as saying, if you've seen me, you have seen Jesus in the measure I have allowed the Holy Spirit to change my life. What happens with that? That's pretty bold. You bet your sweet bippy it is. 
Why? Because then my actions have to start lining up with that statement. If I say it, I'm, oh, my God, what, who will be the jury? <laughs> who, who, <laughs> who's going to call me on the carpet? See, I've got to be real careful who I say. If you've seen me, you've seen the father too. I've got to be real careful when I make this bold proclamation. If you've seen me, you've seen Jesus of Nazareth. Why? Because people, the enemy, the accuser of the brethren, is going to kick it in gear to start accusing you of what you are, of what you're not. See, it's not just the... What you, what the, you know, you can be so wonderfully changed and transformed where a lot of the sin that you were once involved in is diminished and removed from your life. But sometimes there's a greater sin, and it's a sin of omission. Not doing what the Father wants you to do when you're supposed to do it. My glory to God, man. That ice was thick there. You know, we, we read in Galatians the deeds of the flesh, and we measure ourselves in comparison to that. It's like the rich young ruler that said to Jesus, Jesus said, you know, he said, Lord, I have kept all the commandments since the time I was a child. And the Bible says Jesus loved him because then he was operating and living in the righteousness he comprehended. And Jesus said, you've done a great You've lived a great life so far, but this one thing you lack. Why? Why? Lord, what is it? Sell all you have and follow me. There's a grave cloth, cloth on you that's keeping you to be free. And it's your possession. That seems kind of harsh, doesn't it? If the wealth of the sinners laid out for the just. I know this in Deuteronomy. Apparently, this rich young ruler had an idea of what the law and the prophets said. He understood that Deuteronomy 8.18 said, It's not you that gets power, that has power to get wealth, but it is me who gives you power to get wealth to establish my covenant in the earth. So apparently, this guy was keeping all the commandments. Jesus loved him, but something was missing. Sell all you have. Give it to the poor and follow me. Oh, Lord. I'm, the Bible says he was a man of great wealth. You cannot serve God and mammon. Mammon takes on the nature of the person stewarding it. Money doesn't have any power in and of itself. It's a, it's a means of exchange. When you pay your tithe, and I didn't say give it. You don't give a tithe. You pay it. The Lord said, bring it. It's mine. God, who do you think you are? God. I have a plan. I don't need your money, but I need to know you don't need it. I say, I need you to know that you, what I say? That you don't need it, glory. You don't need that 
Because I've created you to be a greater species than in the species you've been operating in. I've called you to manage things for me on this earth and govern. And the devil is so pissed to whip you and deceive you through tradition, family ties, your upbringing, being poor. Jesse Duplantis said, we weren't poor. We were only half of it. Poe. We were taught in our denomination growing up, the poorer you are, the closer to God you are. I ain't found no greater lie than that in all my life. Uh, yeah, you end up a thief. Now, do you want a little snapshot of the golden child? I used to scale rain spouts as a young teenager at the elementary school. Scale, like Spider-Man. Up the rain spouts, onto the roofs, finding the skylights, down to the teacher's room, because there was cashola there. I know what it is to be poor. And I know what it is to be manipulated by a demonic entity. Yes. Well, so much for notes. Think about that for a minute. In this house, it's frequently used, Genesis 1, 26 through 28. Let us make man in our image, male and female, according to our likeness. Let them have dominion. Be fruitful, multiply, replenish, subdue, and have dominion in the earth. That is my desire for every human being on this planet. Subjugation. Not of another human being, but of circumstances, of the things that you are allotted to steward in life. So if I'm the devil, and I know that, A, number one, by praying in tongues, I lost your soul. My next best uh, attack plan is because I am the thief to steal, kill, and destroy. I want to destroy your future of empowerment by convincing you that speaking in other tongues is of the devil. So let me sow this doctrine of demons into the body of Christ so they will believe it and therefore never move into a place where their spirit is built up and edified according to Jude 20. According to 1 Corinthians 14, 4, they be it, they speak mis- 1 Corinthians 14, 2. The man who prophesies speaks to the church for edification, but a man who prays in tongues does not speak to men but to God. How be it, he or she speaks mysteries. Pulling things out of the will of God and the Spirit of God. Deep crawling unto deep. So if I'm the devil. See, but the, the problem with the prosperity message, it gratifies the flesh. You can't read the Bible and see anywhere or come up with any other conclusion that God's will for you and I is to prosper. 
It's his will. So what is a good pecking order? Spiritually. Prosper. John covered it. John 3, 2. Amen. I pray you would prosper as your spirit prospers. As your soul prospers. I pray that you would be, oh God, I forget it. You would be in health and prosper as your soul prospers. Because God's all about prosperity. He is. That doesn't make the message wrong, but you need balance. Uh-oh, balance. Let me ask you a question. A lot of people, when the word of God's being preached and people start feeling like accountable, and that's what the Bible should do. It should wake us up to the reality of our responsibilities in life as Christians. You know, you put Christian in in lowercase, boom, it comes up automatically to uppercase. Capitalized. Every time I try it, maybe it's just my apple. Christian. Lowercase, comes up, capitalized. That thing knows more about the truth than I do. I am a Christ, Ian. Change Christian. I am a Christian. Hallelujah. I'm of a different species. I was born Scotch-Irish, but now I'm of Heavenese. I'm Christian. Hallelujah. So, by default, by that confession, that testimony, I am obligated. Uh Uh-oh, obligated. To live the life. To say no to sin. Yes to him. To deny myself and say, Father, thy will be done. A lot of times we quote the word, but it doesn't really guide our life. I want to say it this way. Everybody has something to say, but not everybody is really saying something. What can you say that is going to bless my life and help me fulfill my destiny? Now, I know what my destiny is because I heard it from the Father. Flesh and blood didn't reveal it to me. No Bible school, no study course. The Holy Ghost spoke to me. He said, your destiny is to help others fulfill theirs. Signed, sealed, delivered. Glory to God. I don't have to worry about a title. I need to know my function. What is the mission God has given you? What's he given me? So, A lot of times when correction comes from the pulpit in any area, all of a sudden, if you're carnal, it'll offend you. If you're living in your kingdom and limiting the revelation of God to come in and change you, the Bible says you are not your own. You don't own you anymore. 
God said, oh, oh, praise God. <clears throat> that's, that's the reality. But oh no, God should be glad that I show up at church. Really? Pastors always say, be on time. I'm tired of it. Who do they think they are? They are not, it's, it's a, they're controlling me. We're trying to help you, but crying out loud. You lazy thing. The Bible says redeem time. As mature Christians, we should never have to tell the congregation, you need to be here on time. If you have any brains at all, you just understand, God is Lord. Not your bed, not your family. You get your butt to church when it's time to be there. I don't know where this guy came from. We preached Lazarus out of the tomb. I didn't know he was going to come out like this. I know where I'm going to be Monday night. I'm going to be here for prayer. <laughs> Something so simple. And it seems like, oh, well, they, now they're controlling my life. No, we're helping you to get control. God, you know, there's a word in Hebrew for the face of God. And the, when God literally, listen, they were in the wilderness. And a cloud came down at the tent of meeting. God came down in the cloud and spoke, had converse, dialogue with his servant Moses. They saw the cloud. They all gathered at the mount. Said, Moses, you go talk to God. I mean, the mountain's smoking and there's fire up there. Uh, you go talk to him. God doesn't want that with you and I. Every one of you is a Moses. We're not called to just know the acts of God. The Bible says the people of Israel, they wanted to see the acts of God. But Moses knew his ways. We pray for his presence and his glory. Do you really want his presence? Because I'll tell you what, Ananias and Sapphira didn't. They were playing with this thing. They played with the glory. And by the Holy Ghost, have you sold your property for such and such? And they said yes. And it was a false amount. You have not lied to men, but you've lied to God. <clears throat> Ananias drops dead. Ananias dropped dead. Take off thy shoes. You're on holy ground. Moses, take the shoes off. What did the shoes signify? They had accumulated through the walk to get to their destination. The world was on their shoes. Get the world off you. That's why they greeted 
each other and they washed your feet when you came to my house. If you came to my house in that day and age, I, not only were the sandals removed, I washed your feet so that you came in refreshed and clean. None of the world on you and our fellowship would be pure. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> oh, my Lord Jesus. Oh, let's get to the next verse. There's hope yet. Next verse, please. <clears throat> Say, we all have, a, we're all sons of God. Next verse. Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father in me? The words that I speak to you, I do not speak on my own authority. But the Father who dwells in me does the works. Carol and I were just talking about this. <clears throat> in John chapter 3, a religious leader known as Nicodemus, one of the Pharisees, high-ranking Pharisee, comes to Jesus at night by stealth because the Pharisees hated him because he exemplified everything the kingdom is. He exemplified who the Father is. And they had a religious system. They had a religious system that was working for them and for their benefit and their, their notoriety. They wore the phylacteries. And you would know when a Pharisee came into town or was on the street. You could evidence them because of their dress and their garb. And there was a reverence because they were close to God. Where was Jesus? He was in the party with the sinners. Accused. How dare you go there? If you're such a prophet, don't you even know what kind of people you're with? And what's his reply? It's not the well who need a doctor. Like porch lights on, guys. Nobody's home. John Maxwell used to say this. There's a lot of sincere Christians. A lot of sincere Christians. They love God. They're saved. They love God. They love Jesus. But they don't have a clue. We have a responsibility, guys, to reflect the Father, to reveal the Father. Listen, it's even in the natural, when they judge what's happening in America particularly, fatherless homes, the statistics are crazy, insane on the outcome of the kids. We need a father. And we need to know our father. <clears throat> but the father who dwells in me does works. Many will come to me in that day and say, Lord, Lord, didn't I do that? Didn't I do this? prophesy in your name. In your name. <clears throat> when the time comes and I get to the gate of heaven, if this was the way it unfolded, by what virtue do you 
enter into this place. I'm going to lay prostrate in front of whoever's the greeter and say nothing but the blood. Anything and everything that God has used me or us for in this life is just the result of the DNA. It's because of who we're born of, not from. Good works should just be the regular. <laughs> it's the fruit. Has nothing to do with gaining salvation. Now, I was hoping to preach on the gifts of the Spirit today and how you're to be empowered and to serve it, but maybe we needed to hear this before we hear that. Again, afresh. I'm not hollering at you. <clears throat> In case you don't know it, I'm preaching to the nations. <laughs> they didn't get brave clothes on. <sighs> My Lord Jesus. Where are we at? Verse 10? All right, let's go to verse 11. And we'll... I do want to get through just a couple more verses. Verse 11, uh, Ridge of John 14. And when they heard that he was, no, it was 16, 11, 14, did I get you, did I say 16? Okay, 14, 11. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me, or else believe me for the sake of the works themselves. Let's read this in unison together. Believe me. So, you're a Christian? Prove it. You're a Christian? Show me. You say you're a Christian? Where are the works of the Father? I mean, I'm playing, I'm doing a little, I'm getting a little bit of that I part of me out today. I mean, are the questions I'm asking, are they valid in lieu of Scripture? Are these questions valid? So, if, if these types of messages aren't communicated to the church, then the church keeps going in the same direction they are, in the same mindset they've been, or they stay prisoner. It's one thing, you know, the Bible says when, and it's interesting in Scripture, that the picture painted is that the doors of the prison have been opened and they're reluctant to leave because they've been so conditioned. They're afraid of what's out there. Todd White, as a drug addict, abuser, reads the Scripture, gets born again, gets a new heart, had a heart transplant. And every one of us have had a heart transplant too. And good news, he took out a stony heart out of you. Well, yeah, but I was a pretty good guy. No, you had a stony heart, man. Well, I was a pretty nice woman, a nice lady. No, you had a stony heart. And you didn't know it. 
glory to God, he took out that stony heart and put in a heart of flesh. A heart that's empowered and capable, capable of identifying with a, an empathetic of society and this need for a God and for success in life. Hallelujah. Before Christ, the majority of the time, it's what's in it for me? It's all about us. Us four, no more. Me, my family. The rest of you get residue. But when you get Christ, it's like, what can I do to help you succeed? Hallelujah. Well, do you have chapter and verse for that? Ephesians 2.10. We are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works. Verse 12. I have two verses. We'll close. He goes on and he says this. Now, most assuredly, I say to you, this is all connected. What was a key word that was in the previous verses? The works of the Father. Say works of the Father. See, the proof that you and I are children of God is every one of us doing the good works of the Father. Not mechanically, but because, hey, if it's in my power to do good, I need to put my hand to it and do good. Now, here's the thing. A lot of people wonder, well, it was mentioned about a street person. Maya bringing it up. People that are asking for money. Well, if you're concerned that they're going to go buy drugs. I used to go and say, are you hungry? And they said, yeah. Well, you come with me to the restaurant. Leave your little station here and come and I'll buy you a burger. And it wasn't always expedient. Sometimes we've given money cautiously, carefully, you know, in the name of the Lord. And they may take it and use it for drugs. But guess what? If you have that money, what happens to the money that you handle and manage? It takes on the nature of the person stewarding it. You give an anointed dollar, the anointing who abides in you, goes into that cash, that filthy lucre. And now it becomes anointed lucre. And now that person that takes that money, even if they're going to misuse it, the power of God is touching their life. The love that was just communicated in the name of the Lord Jesus, the Holy Ghost is going to bring it back to their memory. And cause them to be more apt to be a recipient of the Lord Jesus Christ. See, you and I, a lot of times, we're so concerned about the outcome. God said, signs will follow you. Hallelujah. <laughs> so he says, most assuredly, body of Christ at Barrington, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, you will do also. And greater works than these you will do because I go to my Father. Now I want to ask you a question in here. Who said this? Everybody, answer, please. Be involved. Now, is the one who said this, Lord, question mark, liar, question mark, or lunatic, question mark? He's one of the three L's. 
Lord, liar, or lunatic? Well, if he's Lord, you and I can take this to the bank. Father, Jesus said the works that he did, I can do as well and greater because he went to the Father. Huh? You got a mic right there? You know what? For, for years, I, I've always heard this scripture preached in greater works. You know, you're going to do more demonstrations, like greater demonstrations than even what Jesus did. That's what I used to hear for years, and it just didn't sit right with me. So I went to the Word, and I went into my, my Greek concordance and the Hebrew and the, and the lexicons and dictionary and all that. You know what the Word, it's real simple, greater is? It's right here. It's what the Lord was prophesying through me to release. Yes. It's what God, he says this, most assuredly. In other words, you can take it to the bank, everybody, and yeah. cash in on this. That's what Jesus is saying. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, believes in Jesus and everything that he says, the works that you see and everything that you see, it's the Father, and what he's saying is the Father, everything that he's saying. It all goes back to who he is. Yeah. Amen? But it says this, the works that I do... Who will? He. he will do also. Who's he? The Us. one who believes. Listen, if you're going to walk around with doubt all the time and think that you don't know if it's the right time for you to step out and do this, if it's the right time for you to say something to somebody, if it's the right time for this, all these promptings, all these things, if you're not stepping out and saying, God, use me, then you're not a believer. That's what it's saying. You're not a believer. And, and Jesus is making it so plain to all of us. Wow. The opportunity is there for all of us. You know, it's like, get here on church on time. Be here for prayer. Be here. It's the equipping of the saints for what? So that we can all do this together. Even Jesus corrected the disciples and said, what's wrong with you? Couldn't you come just for one hour and pray? Yeah. Do you understand? You can't just live on the air of it all empty words you have to live in the doing of it i'll show you what and i the believe doing of it I produces do. produces the fruit of it and he, jesus goes on and he says the works that i do he will do also so just say i'm a believer i'm a believer i will do also i will do the works of god also okay and greater works than these he will do okay because I go to my father, what are the greater works? Multiplication. More in number. Multiplication, more in number. He said, because I go to the father, because it was only Jesus. It was the person of the son of God, of the father working through the son of God on the earth. So it was one person. So he gave grace to 70 of them and sent them out. And when they went out, Diane, they all started to do the works of the father. And they came back and they were so excited about it. And Jesus, what did he do? He rejoiced. He rejoiced. How many of us are rejoicing at the works that God is allowing us to do? Come on. Amen. Woo. 
But he said, but listen, the greater works are, is this, because I'm going to the Father. Because, see, it's just me. But when I go, the Holy Spirit is going to come upon you, and he's going to come in you. And when he comes in you and comes upon you, there's the anointing. And the multiplication begins to process, and it spreads <laughs> all throughout Hallelujah. the world. Because I say this at Jesus Christ, if it says that in John 21, where, or John 20, where is it? John 20, the last verse in the, in the gospel of John, all the works that Jesus did, if there were enough books, you couldn't even contain all the works. I'm not even saying it right, but there's not enough books that you could even write to contain all the works that Jesus did. Yeah. So people are looking for the greater work, like greater than what Jesus did. No, it's talking about the release of the body of Christ, the release of the body yeah. of Christ. The Hallelujah. body. I'm his hands. I'm his mouthpiece. I'm his feet. I might be his lap for a child to sit on. I've sat on women's laps at meetings and said, Jesus is sitting on you right now. Thank you. Because he wants you to know how much he loves you. And the Lord would just give me a word. I remember in prison that one time and, and climbed over the, the pews to get to the girl that was all the way over there in the corner that God just etched out all through. And I had guards with their, their packing all down the aisles and across the back. And they were all down. And it was like, my God. And, and it was like, oh, I felt was the love of Jesus for every person that was in that room. And they told me, don't go and touch the dykes. What's a dyke? I didn't know what a dyke was. And they're saying this to me, and I'm going, my God, I feel the compassion of Jesus. My God, I feel the compassion of Jesus. And, no the, and, and pouring out, and this is what you do, church. You step into Jesus. you got to know who you are. We got to stop looking at ourselves and the inabilities. In myself, there is no ability. Exactly. But in Him, because I'm born of Him, the ability of God Himself works through me. And here's this girl all the way over, over in the corner there, and it was like, and her hair, and she looked so, she 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 just looked dark and sad. There was a spiritual darkness over. Her. And her hair was crossed over. Half her face. face. She wouldn't even pick her head up the whole time. That didn't bother me. But God, the way he works with me, cut her out. When I say etched like an etching knife, cut her out. I can see it like it's like etched around a person. That's how it works with me. And I couldn't even get, because their pews, it was so packed with prisoners in that prison. And the security guards, I thought, well, if I'm going to be one of them, I'll be one of them. I don't know what's protocol here. Nobody told me what to do except my own team told me not to touch the dikes. And I'm like, what is a dike? Listen, greater the multiplication of it. When we, when you go about doing, Diane, when you do what Jesus wants you to do, and then I'm doing what Jesus wants me to do, and Vicki, you're doing what Jesus wants you to do, and Ryan, he speaks to us all on the same day. We're all doing something. We're touching something. It's multiplying. See, that's the greater works. 
It's the church obeying the promptings of the Holy Ghost. And Jesus said, I have to go so the Holy Ghost can come so that we all know what the Father wants us to do on the same day, at the same time, all around the world. There's a multiplication process of the power of God being released in the revelation of Jesus Christ in and through the earth. And when I got over, finally, you know what I did? I went like this. I kicked my shoes off. And don't ask me how. I started climbing over like this. Actually climbing over to get to that girl. None of the guards stopped me. None. I'm just showing you what happened, the spontaneous yeah. reaction. I am. I am. It's like I'm determined to get to her. And if somebody tries to stop me, excuse me. My God wants me to get over there. And when I got over there, I sat like this on her. I said, sweetheart. And then the spirit of God came all over her. And the, and the, the ministry of the Lord said, you have a scar on your face. I couldn't see it. You have a scar on your face, but there's a scar that's deeper on the inside of you because of the wounds and the cutting and the things that you've gone through. And the Lord went on about it and that he was going to heal her and erase a lot of that. And then you would even see the scar on your face begin to disappear. And I don't know if it completely disappeared, but I'll tell you the result of that. The result of it was, is that we went to, I got a phone call. And was invited to the South Hall where for two years, that's where life, those confined to life in solitary confinement. And somebody tried to escape that prison and killed one of the guards. And he never left anybody, say anybody, anybody, no one, family, no one come into that prison until the demonstration of the Holy Ghost. That opened because the, door. the chaplain was sitting there in that, that whole time, in that service, in the ministry. And when she watched, the see, you can go in and you can preach at those girls all you want. But there's something about the demonstration and love of Jesus Christ. When we move in the gifts and it's operations of God. of God, the love of God. Yeah. And it reached out and touched that girl. And you know what the, the chaplain told me? She called me and she told me two weeks later, she said she removed her hair from her scar her face started shining she received jesus christ that day too when we were there. and the thing see what i'm saying get out of ourselves and our own doubt it doesn't matter god will give you the simplest little thing and if you start to obey him in the simple things the little things then he can give you more things. And it doesn't have to be like my husband said, pastor said, and I've said this. It doesn't have to be how well profound you sound and this and that. It's usually not like that. God is meat and potatoes. That's what I found out about him. He's meat and potatoes and he likes pizza too, you know. <laughs> but I like the meat and potatoes. And you know what? He just, uh, just meets people right where they're at yeah. and says it so plain to them. And that's all he's looking for. It's really good. Or it's going to do something for your neighbor or going to do something here or do that. That's all it is. It's the multiplication. The greater is the multiplication of the works. Praise God. Hallelujah. 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 Yeah, let's stand. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I trust that today there was equipping going on. Father, we thank you. Let's give him praise. Because listen, again, 
I, I, I'm not apologizing for the, you know, the, the way it's preached. But I want you to be confident in this, that we love you. Father, that you love us all so much. Father, I pray that we would embrace and shake off. Shake off anything that is holding us back from being those sons and daughters that you so desire us to be. Lord, please remove any grave clothes from our, that is grave clothes holding us back from stepping into our destiny and our future. That we are citizens of heaven, ambassadors of the Most High God. That, Lord, that we truly could get out of ourselves and into you because you're in us. That Jesus, we too, I pray that we would make a decision today, voluntarily, not, not under compulsion, to be a greater light for your glory, to be a greater ambassador of the kingdom, to be a greater doer of the word and the works. In the precious name of Jesus. Help us, Holy Spirit, comprehend who we are because of whose we are. In Jesus' mighty name.